0: Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. I'm Shannon, and I am here with Amber, Kristen, and Melissa. And we are breaking down our 2020 reading so far. Usually we just do a big, like, best of 2020 at the end of the year. But a lot of us have read a lot of really great books this year. And so it seemed like a good way to get to talk about a bunch of them a little ahead of schedule. So before we get started, we will have the usual housekeeping information. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And then I'm going to turn it over to Amber, followed by Melissa, then me, and then Kristen, and we will all share with you some of our very best reads of 2020. So whenever you're ready, Amber.
1: Okay. So I have six books and or series to discuss with you. And the first one that I am going to discuss is The Night Watchman. It's by Louise Erdrich and it just came out this year. And I'm a big Louise Erdrich fan. If you haven't heard of her, she does some really interesting Um, Native American literature. And this book is, it's a novel, but it's based on the life of her grandfather, who was part of the Chippewa Nation. And it was during a time when the Chippewa, part of the Chippewa Nation was actually basically going to be, the U.S. government said, you are no longer Indians And they were basically, they did it basically so that they could steal their land. Uh, And this actually just happened in the 1950s. And it's about how this small tribe in North Dakota came together. And with, uh, you know, with the leadership of the character based on Louise Erdrich's grandfather, um, they went and fought this you know disillusion of their tribe and you know basically how to you know still be a tribe um so that was the first book that i chose and that is the night watchman by louise erdridge my second book is actually a series but it actually it starts with written in red by anne yes. bishop yeah And so I've actually read this before and I was so captivated by the series all over again that I just glommed the series all in one go. And it is about Meg and Simon and their people slash shifters. Um, And so basically Meg is a... Cassandra Sangre? I think that's how you say it. And uh, she is able to do prophecy when her blood is released. And there are people in this world, and there are what are called terra indigene. And the terra indigene are people, but they can shift into animals. And the first book follows Meg As she is running away from someone, and you find out more about these people as the books go on. But these books are just amazing. They have a great found family aspect. Uh, You know, the characters are so real. I love all of them. You know, I definitely have more care, you know, more affection for some characters than others. Um, But a great series overall. The first one is called Written in Red. The Others, Book One, by Ann Bishop. My third book that I would like to talk about is Inside This Place, Not Of It. And it's edited by Robin Levi. This is a nonfiction book, and it is about women who are incarcerated in the United States of America. I actually read this book from a booktuber uh, who lives in Scotland, and she actually told me about this ser- this book and basically what the editors do, they interview 13, I believe it's 13 women from different areas of the country that have been incarcerated. Some died in prison, some were released from prison, you know, it just kind of depends, and about how they got to prison, how they've been treated in prison, um, you know, what their experiences were like growing up, just basically, and it talks a lot about what happens when one group of people, meaning the guards and the justice system, has power over another group of people, meaning the inmates, and how, you know, for a lot of these women, their whole life was kind of, in a way, leading up to prison. Um, You know, they went to school, and it's like that school to prison pipeline that a lot of people talk about. Um, And, you know, just kind of how that works and, and what happens when one group has power over another group. And it's a really, it's a very powerful book. And again, that's Inside This Place, Not Of It by Robin Levi. My fourth book is Meet Me at the Museum by Anne Youngson. I actually read this book in one day. Ooh. And you will have to forgive me because I t- it's been a minute since I read the book and I actually do not remember the names of the two main characters. But the woman is from England and the man is from, uh, oh, my goodness, Sweden or Norway? I think Sweden. A Scandinavian country. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and so she writes to him because he is the curator of a museum. And she has some questions about a, uh, for lack of a better word, a mummy that was dug up in England, but it was of a you know, Norwegian or a Scandinavian man, and he was prehistoric. And so the bones went to the museum in the Scandinavian country. And so she writes to him, asking you know a question about the skeleton and he writes back and it starts this correspondence between the two of them it's it's a nonfiction book um and it starts the this correspondence between the two of them his wife has just passed away and she and her husband are you know slow as the novel goes along kind of you know slowly drifting apart, and they talk about their lives, and they talk about, um, you know, they talk about their hopes and dreams, and, you know, things like that, and it's just a really lovely novel. It's written all in letters, so, you know, it would be a quick book if you wanted to read it, you know, in letter format, but it's just, it's a lovely book. You know, it's, a lot of Goodreads people said that it was, you know, kind of a book for older people, but I didn't really think that a whole lot. I thought that it was just lovely at any age. So again, that's Meet Me at the Museum by Anne Youngson. My fifth book is Mind Touched by M.C.A. Hogarth. And this is an interesting pick for me because I'm not a huge science fiction fan but I like the way MCA Hogarth writes science fiction. So this is about two aliens and they are studying on another planet and one of the aliens is very awkward, you know, his his uh, you know that alien's race doesn't travel, you know, off of its home world. Um they're kind of Isolated away, and they're very much like empaths. I think that that's kind of what you would call it. And the other alien actually lives on this planet, and you know they they become roommates, and it's just how they become friends, and it's a very interesting premise because uh, the alien who is an empath is asexual. Um, And it's how they build a relationship and, you know, what happens with them and how they navigate this asexual relationship. And it was just a really interesting premise. And MCA Hogarth is kind of known for having, you know, asexual queer, uh, you know, representations and doing it really well. And you know, this book was just one that I just kind of devoured in a few days and it's fairly long and it was just a really good representation. It was a really lovely book, Um, you know, it was kind of like, it was, you know, kind of like having a, a, a cup of hot cocoa and just really warm and cozy and it was a great book. So again, that's Mind Touched by MCA Hogarth. And my last book is The German Midwife by Mandy Robotham. I think that's how you'd say that. And this is a World War II novel. I'm glad Stacey isn't here because we probably would have fought over it. And (laughs) because I know she read it earlier this year, too. And this book is about a midwife in World War II uh, Germany. And she is thrown into a concentration camp because of her um, her anti-Hitler and anti-Nazi beliefs. She's not Jewish, but she ends up helping a lot of the Jewish women in the concentration camp when they have their babies. Um, and what happens to them is horrible, but I won't go there. Uh, anyway, um, and one day The commandant comes to her and says we need you to go to this top secret place and they don't tell her where she's going and she finds out that she is going to see uh to live with eva braun who was the mistress of adolf hitler and uh eva braun is pregnant with hitler's baby and it is just about how the midwife and eva braun and these Other people in the house, Hitler is not there, you know, they kind of, they have to navigate some really tough situations and tough um, conversations and the midwife kind of has to decide what she's going to do with this baby and Kind of a fair warning, if you're not in a very good place, if you're kind of in a dark place, I wouldn't necessarily read this one right away. I might give it, you know, some time. But it was a really amazing book and I was really glad I read it. And again, that's The German Midwife by Mandy robotham
0: Well, thank you for such a diverse group of fantastic bookities. Yeah,
2: no Definitely. Problem. I want to check out the alien book.
0: It's really
1: good. <laughs> it
2: sounds and crazy. you know what? I
1: think it's free on Kindle because they give you the first one for free, Kristen, and then they suck you in. Oh, and then yeah. You have to buy the rest of them.
0: So, Melissa, do you have a bunch of fantastic bookities for us, too?
3: Yes, I have quite a few. We will start with my first book. It's called "Little Girls Sleeping," Detective Katie Scott, Number One by Jennifer Chase, and it's um Detective Scott is a veteran who comes back to California from her from her for her tour of duty in Afghanistan, and in the beginning of the book she she lands and she comes home and her uncle has her dog that went through it with her, Cisco. He's a German shepherd, and he's going crazy in the van because he sees her. And so she starts going with her um, uncle to work, who's the sheriff. So she starts looking at cold cases, and she finds all these cold cases about these little girls that, are missing, and nobody knows why. And of course, she gets this jerk of a um, mentor detective dude who is giving her a hard time because she's the sheriff's niece, and he basically blew the case. So she finds the grave of the first girl, and she finds out that has been a serial killer. So the book follows her and her um, differences with PTSD and all this trouble her and Cisco get into while they're following, following this path. And um, there's two more books in the series right now. And I won't go any further because I don't want to spoil it, but I can tell you that it has lots of twists and turns and and the ending is kind of freaky. The Woo! basically the the uh killer gets his comeuppance. So it's Little Girl Sleeping, number one, Detective Katie Scott by Jennifer Chase. My next one is The Escape Room by Megan Golding. And oh my goodness, this book had me from chapter one (laughs) and usually that doesn't happen so this book tells the story of these this company and they're they're all you know executives and they're scratching their way to the top so they um they get a thing saying you have to come to this meeting and the meeting is an escape room in an elevator so they're all stuck in this elevator and then the messages comes across the screen of the elevator around the glass enclosure and they have to figure it out. And well, they find out that one of the, the only woman in the group, you know, slept her way to the top, killed her, brother in a drunk driving accident another carries a gun another is having enough air and the leader vincent is um is you know has this envelope of how much how much they make and what each person does and and his recommendations so they break out into this fight instead of helping each other and every time it gets more closer to getting out of it, the elevator drops, and the and then the the door, they have to pry the door open, and it's another freaky ending <laughs> that I did not see coming. Um, it's "The Escape Room" by Megan Golding. My next book is a series book. It's called "Heaven." Heaven, My Home by Attica Locke. It's number two in the Highway 59 series. So Texas Ranger, uh, I can't think of his name right now, and I didn't write it down. But anyway, he's a Texas Ranger, and he's Black, and he has to find this white supremacist son who is missing. And he has to go to this very small town, and... They don't want him there, and um, it follows him and his his escapades of and all the trouble he gets into to solve this case. Um, but they know the child is has been killed, so it had me kind of twisting turning for a while, and then it would slow down, and then it would pick back up, and then it would slow way down. And I, I stuck with it and the ending was a little disappointing, but I love the, char- the character because, you know, he's human and he's yet he's trying to hold, withhold his culture and yet fill in with the Texas Rangers. So that's one reason I really enjoyed this one, Heaven, My Home by Attica Lott. The next one is The Lovely Baker by Alexa Riley. Um, this is a romance, and it tells the story of these two. She's the, She owns the bakery, and she does all the cooking, but he's trying to tame her, basically, and let her make her love again. Um, Alexa Riley is a new author to me. They write some paranormal re- uh, romances as well. It's also like Sarah and Greer. So they go by one name and um, they also are part of a podcast called Read Me Romance. And um, that's when you get excerpts of an audio book um, in each episode and this was a couple months ago it's called the lovely baker by alexa riley it's disorderly conduct academy book one by tessa bailey and it's a series it follows this police trainee and her trainer and they are developing a romance and there's five books in the series on BARD, and uh, I just read this one a long time ago, so I don't remember the exact summary, so I apologize, but it's uh, Disorderly Conduct by Tessa Bailey, and I have two more. (laughs) The next one is "Undercurrents" by Nora Roberts. Oh yes, I, <laughs> this tells the story of a family. The father is very abusive um, to the mother, and he he tells the policeman that his son hurt his mother, and and because um, he's a powerful doctor. But a cop steps in and figures it all out. Then. No, this isn't true, and then the rest of it is a romance. Um He falls in love with a gardener a landscaping kind of like the tomato plants you guys are growing. <laughs> she loves that kind of stuff, <laughs> and the doctor is getting out of prison, so they don't know if he's coming for them or not and That's undercurrent by um Nora Roberts and My last book is "Before We Were Wicked" by Eric Jerome Dickey, and it's telling the story of an Ethiopian woman and this con man that she meets, who also goes to U.S. UCLA, which I never figured out how it all came to be connected. Well, they start just a passionate one-night stand, which leads to more one-night, more passionate affair type thing, then she becomes pregnant and they have to get married. And she doesn't know anything about his history of um, being with someone um, and committing, you know, basically beating people up and swindling them out of money. And he works for some guy in San Bernardino. All he does is call them. And it's kind of interesting because it's, it's talking about pagers and... um. Oh, my goodness. Now the, they're burning down the college town? Really? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, since Corona, everybody's lost their damn mind. Anyway... Yes, they have. <laughs> yes, so so the story follows them all through when she finds out, and she does find out, and they end up divorce, and I won't say anymore. But there, it's a the awesome Dion Graham is reading narrating this book and it's like okay he could read the toilet paper package or the phone book and I would happily listen <laughs> with the smile on my face so that's that is Before We Were Wicked by Dion Graham and that's my book no I don't think that's who it's by I'm sorry Eric Jerome Dickey narrated by Dion Graham see there we go he gets me all. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter painted.
0: <laughs> yes. So I read the Article. I'm Black like books. that
2: with Luke Daniels.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he's
2: he's very great. Oh yes. And, and R.C. Bray. So.
0: Oh, that's right. You do like R.C. Bray, don't you?
2: I mm-hmm. I love him. He makes like he could seriously read directions from
3: anything, and I'd be like,
1: oh
3: okay. <laughs> 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 yeah we should do an episode on narrators oh <laughs> so yeah that would, yes, that that would be,
2: be fun like our favorite mm-hmm. narrators
3: Yes, mm-hmm. that would be the best. We'll have to do and, that. Yeah, pick a book about each, one, you know, like gun by each one. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I read the Attica Locke books this year as well. Um, Bluebird, Bluebird, mm-hmm. and Heaven My Home. I really loved Bluebird, Bluebird. Um, I think that mm-hmm. one is actually my favorite of the series. That's
3: my favorite. Yes,
0: but yes. Heaven My Home was also very, very good. And I'm hoping it was that very, we'll very see good. more from Mm -hmm. that character i don't know if she's planning to write more or not but i hope so okay so now let's see what i have for you so first up i have an enormous book that not only was fabulous but taught me a lot about all these little nifty details about book publication that i did not know so this is house of earth and blood crescent city book one by sarah j moss it is the story of a woman named Bryce who is investigating the murder of her friend who was the like soon to be alpha of a local wolf pack. This has a very urban fantasy feel except it's not true urban fantasy because it's not set in our world. It's set in a world that's very like ours. And so if you love urban fantasy, this will be the perfect book for you. It is like 800 pages long. Wow. Um, If you get it in audio, it is almost 28 hours long. And I read it so, so fast because I loved everything about it. Bryce is a phenomenal heroine. Um, She teams up with this guy who has a very dark and and brooding kind of way about him. Um, Stacey and Sarah would appreciate that. And he has a lot of secrets that kind of make him um a really interesting hero he is a fallen angel and we don't see too much about fallen angels these days so this just was everything that i was hoping it would be and now of course i have to wait a long time for book two to come out because i think next year moss is releasing a court of thorns and roses book which i also love but i'm really sad that i don't get to return to crescent city so it is House of Earth and Blood, Crescent City, book one, by Sarah J. Moss. Then we have A Court of Miracles, Court of Miracles, book one, by Kester Grant. This is a kind of reimagining of Les Miserables by Victor Hugo, uh, written by an African-American author who is just so stellar. This is her debut, and it takes place in early 19th century Paris and the revolution has failed according to this alternate timeline. And now Paris is split into two groups of like the nobles and then kind of the like underbelly of the city, which is broken up into courts. And there are like courts of thieves and courts of con artists and courts of prostitution and so the character that we follow here is the person who kind of plays the the ebonine role in um in Grant's sort of Le Mis reimagining and it's it's dark, it's romantic, it has a lot of really scenes as well as a ton of character growth. It's young adult fantasy at its finest I have waited so long for this book because it was originally supposed to come out back in like 2018 and it kept being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and it finally came out this year in June and I read it as soon as I could. I loved it so incredibly much. So if you are a Le Mis fan, um, I highly recommend it. And even if you're not, if you're just looking for a really deeply immersive young adult fantasy, I highly recommend it as well. It is A Court of Miracles, Court of Miracles book one by Kester Grant. I'm stepping away from fantasy so I can talk about a young adult thriller which both Brooke and Natalia recommended to me earlier this year. This is All Your Twisted Secrets by Diana Urban. And this is the best young adult thriller I have read in a long, long time. It's about a group of high achievers, or most of them are high achievers, one of them is not. And um, they get chosen for this very exclusive scholarship. And so they come to this restaurant where they're expecting to have this dinner to kind of celebrate their receipt of the scholarship. But it turns out that when they get there, no one is there except them. And there's a note and the note says, congratulations on your selection. And now you must do the selecting. And it basically means that they are locked in this room in a restaurant. And in one hour, they have to choose which one of them will die. And if they don't choose someone to die, then they will all die. Oh, dear. (sighs) Yeah. So this was definitely a wild ride. I thought I had it figured out on a couple of different occasions. I never did. Um, Diana Urban is masterful here, and this is her debut, and that really, really surprised me. Not that people can't write stellar debuts, because obviously they can, but this one was just everything that I was looking for in a thriller, and it's just amazing to me that someone could write something this action-packed and this clever um, as their first book. So it's All Your Twisted Secrets, and it's by Diana Urban. I'm keeping the secrets theme. Um, This is Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier. And Jennifer Hillier is amazing. I read um, Jar of Hearts by her back in 2018. And I fell in love with her writing style. So Little Secrets is her 2020 book. It is a standalone thriller about a woman whose son disappears while they're at a mall. And the case has gone cold at the time that our story opens and everyone except the mother has kind of had to deal with the fact that this child is probably not alive. And our, our main character doesn't really know how to deal with that. And so she's still kind of like looking for him, even though people are saying, you know, no, you have to move on. She's saying, you know, I I can't. And then she learns that her husband is having an affair. And not only is he having an affair, but the woman that he's cheating with might know more than she's telling about the disappearance of their son. And so now our heroine is determined to figure out what happened. She's hoping to be reunited with her son but there's so much deceit here, um, and so many people are keeping secrets. No one is who they seem. Um, this is fantastic, and I just I recommend it if you love gritty, twisty, super dark thrillers that really allow you to see people both at their worst and at their best. And so that one is Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier. I'm also really excited to talk about Long Bright River by Liz Moore. This came out um, in early 2020, and it is a thriller, but I don't know, kind of what you'd call like a literary thriller, I guess. Um, So it, it doesn't just focus on solving a crime. There's so much character development here, so much world building, so much deep exploration. Of really important issues. So Liz Moore tells the story here of two sisters. One of them is a police detective and the other is a homeless drug addict living on the streets of Philadelphia. And the two sisters are estranged for reasons that you don't really know about until you read more of the book. And so I'm not going to tell them to you, obviously, because that would be bad. Um, but drug addicts are turning up dead, pretty much just left and right. And so our detective is really concerned about her sister. And so she's trying to kind of check up on her sister, but not really get involved in her life because the two of them have had this like really extreme falling out. But as things continue and more and more bodies show up in the area where her sister was last known to be living, um, she becomes increasingly concerned, not only about The well-being of her sister, but about whoever is killing all of these addicts. Like, why why are they doing this? Who is it? And is it someone who is closer to the sisters than either of them know? Um, This is a really, really deep dive into the current opioid epidemic um, in a way that doesn't preach to you. It doesn't, like, hammer you over the head with this point that, like, drugs are bad. Um, obviously, drugs are bad, but it doesn 't have to like tell you over and over and over it 's just a really well done thriller that allows you to kind of organically make decisions about characters, about the 've done that are good and the things that they 've done that are not so good, and both of them have made both good and bad choices it 's just a really stellar. Stellar book. I highly recommend it. Again, it is Long Bright River and it's by Liz Moore. And last up for me is something that kind of surprised me that I loved as much as I did. This is Get a Life, Chloe Brown, Brown Sisters, Book One by Talia Hibbert. And I am not much of a contemporary romance reader. I love historical romance, paranormal romance, women's fiction. Things with like strong romantic elements, but contemporaries don't often speak to me. I feel like a lot of them are just about like athletes and millionaires and just people that I can't identify with. But I have heard so many people sing the praises of British author Talia Hibbert, and so I was really excited to check one of her books out, especially when I knew that the heroine in Get a Life, Chloe Brown is a chronic pain survivor and so she is dealing with some really debilitating medical conditions and I wanted to see how the author would deal with disability in a romance and it is lovely in every way it is quite a bit hotter than I was expecting so if you don't like steamy sex scenes you probably don't want to read this but it was so so good so Chloe has been living kind of a sheltered life because of her fibromyalgia and she kind of takes things easy. She's a loner. She's kind of a nerd. Um, She doesn't necessarily get out and do the things that the people in her life wish that she would is almost hit by a car one day, she decides that she really does need to get out into the world and experience life and not allow her pain to limit her in some of the ways that she's thinking that it has. So she moves out of her family home and while she's doing this, she makes a list of things that she wants to accomplish in her life. And she enlists this man, Red, who is superintendent of the building where she's now living, to help her. And of course, the two have this really hot sizzling attraction to one another um, and they eventually fall in love. It is just a beautiful story in pretty much every way. Um, Chloe is snarky and fun and smart and opinionated and red pretty much ticks all of my boxes for a good hero. Like he's not super bossy in being, um, he respects Chloe as a person And she's not just viewed as like, you know, this person that he knows with a disability, who she is rather than like who he imagines her to be. And it is just really lovely. The second book came out just a few weeks ago um, at the end of June. And I really, really want to read it. So this is Get a Life, Chloe Brown, The Brown Sisters, Book One by Talia Hibbert. And I could go on and on and on because I've read a ton of fantastic books this year. But I will stop now because this episode is not all about me.
3: Wow. That's a nice list. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, you know, a lot of um a lot of books that I wouldn't normally pick up I've picked up because of you because the way you <laughs> describe them and and gush about them is like I read the description online and I'm like that doesn't sound very intriguing but then you go and describe it and i'm like no that sounds a lot better <laughs> than i thought yeah so yeah. <laughs> i might have to pick up that get a life chloe brown because i've seen it several times
0: oh please do and just it's on me. my list <laughs> <do>. it's so <laughs> yeah. lovely
3: i'll move it up on my End list
0: of sarah Jane <laughs> moss um I know that you're a fan of her, of her other series. So I highly recommend, um,
2: House of Earth and Blood. Yes. All right. Kristen, you are up. Okay. Let's see here. Um, so I have (laughs) two series and, um, and then four single books to talk about. Um, my first series is the royally series by emma chase um this was such a fun series for me i i don't read a ton of like romance specific books i like romance in things but i'm mostly a fantasy reader um but this this uh this series was just Captivating. It's it's a little childish at times, but it's fun. Um, so the first book is called Royally Screwed. And Prince Nicholas um he has like five names because you know he's part of a <laughs> royal family and they have to make sure they get the whole bloodline in there. <laughs> so <laughs> um, but we're everybody calls him Prince. Nicholas or, or his royal hotness. Um, and he is in line to take the crown from his grandmother. And his brother is kind of this wild rebel. Um, since he's a second child, he's not in line for the throne. And he's just kind of living it up. Um, and so he, his their grandmother finds out that he is supposed to be in New York and she has finally had enough of his crap. His name is Henry. Um, And she's finally had enough of Henry's crap. So he, she sends Nicholas with um, a group of bodyguards to New York to bring his crazy behind home and going to knock some sense into his thick skull, as she puts it. and. So, Nicholas goes off to New York, and, in his quest to um bring home his brother, he meets Olivia, who um works at a pie shop and it's her family's kind of legacy her mother it was her mother's dream and um so she and but her mother passes away. And she's kind of holding the shop together. It, it's barely making ends meet, and her dad and her sister and her live in a in a little flat above the shop. Um, and she has no idea who Prince Nicholas is uh, when he when she first meets him, but she knows he's hot and he's sexy, and she just doesn't know what to do with herself. So this this book kind of follows their story, how they fall in love. Um, he gets a little sarcastic with her in the beginning, and so she throws a pie in his face and I just thought that was hilarious <laughs> um, and so that that was fun but this the first book, royally screwed follows their story, how they fall in love, how they overcome the queen's disdain for her because she's a commoner, and um you know love overcomes all. Um, there are two other books in this series and a couple of novellas. I've only read Royally Screwed, Royally Matched, and Royally Endowed, and they're all wonderful. Royally Matched is Henry's story with Sarah, and Royally Endowed is one of the bodyguards, Logan, and Olivia's sister Ellie's story, and that one was a lot of fun as well. Um, but one line that sticks out to me from the second book, and if anything gets you to read this series, you don't have to read them in order, um, but it, it it does help. Um, is Sarah is a very quiet librarian, and she has not been known for sticking up for herself. But in the very beginning of the book, she calls this little tiny. Um, guy who is picking on her an arrogant, self-righteous swamp donkey. And that was enough to send me into fits of giggles forever. And it's just an amazing book. So once again, this series is called, uh, or it's the Royally series by Emma Chase, starting with Royally Screwed. <laughs> Yes that that was a great line. I've used oh it quite often and it's fun. <laughs> so Um so my next series is the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. Yeah. I, I yes, I I have to sing its praises. Mercy is awesome. Mercedes Athena Thompson is a walker not a skinwalker. She is a walker. And she can turn into a coyote, which I think is awesome. Um, But that's really her only power. She's not like a, a big, strong, physically strong person. She's a VW mechanic. She was raised by a pack of werewolves in Montana. And she eventually ends up in washington state living in the tri-cities and she lives pretty much she's the neighbor of the local alpha werewolves um i'm sorry she is neighbor to the alpha werewolf of the local pack and his name is adam and he is hot so (laughs) um but mercy she cannot use magic but she can sense magic she can smell it she can or that's what she calls it um because her nose is what alerts her to magic um but she gets into all kinds of different bumps and scrapes along the way she survives things you'd never expect her to survive um she has she makes vampire friends she makes vampire alliances um fae it's just all the goodness is in this series, and I have read all 12 books, and I am working on Shifting Shadows, which are the prequels and some novellas as well, and Mercy Thompson is just all the good things. Um, she's not the heroine you would expect, and it, it's just amazing to read her, so I highly recommend the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs, and it starts with Moon Called. Yes. Yes. Um, that that one was, I, I just recently finished that, and it was hard not to binge it, but I did. Um, okay, so my first single book is called Trouble in Mudbug, and this is the Ghost in Law series by Jana DeLeon, I believe is how you say her name. Um, this was kind of a Fun, funny, a little bit morbid in some areas, kind of book. Um, I'm not exactly sure where you would categorize this, maybe paranormal. Um, so, this girl who is a botanist in Mudbug, Louisiana, um, gets caught up her her husband's kind of a deadbeat she's been married to this guy for 2 years but he pretty much up and left her after a couple months of marriage um his mother is pretty much the the richest woman in town she owns mudbug pretty much and she comes up dead um and it, we start off in this book where they're at her funeral she's with her best friend And all of a sudden, um, her mother-in-law sits up and starts yelling at people and cursing people out and gets out of the casket and starts walking through the funeral, the church, and nobody can see her, but her daughter-in-law, nobody hears her, nobody can see her. And she's like freaking out (laughs) because she can't figure out why this is happening. And then, um, and then her mother-in-law just starts popping up at random places at her house at her work uh, in her car when she's driving all kinds of things Um, and the whole point is that she wants uh, her daughter-in-law to find out or to prove who murdered her um, because she knows who did it but she has to get her help in um, proving it and Then everybody's thrown when she leaves everything to her daughter-in-law or the town of Mudbug. Um, Her husband's left out of the will. Her son is left out of the will. And because of that, um, somebody is now trying to kill um, her daughter-in-law. And this just follows her. And her, her ghost-in-law <laughs> through finding out who's doing this, who's behind it, why it's happening. And it all takes place, uh, like I said, in mud, Mudbug, Louisiana, which is very swampy. Um, it's I forget who narrates it, but she does it all in this real nice Louisiana, southern twang. And it just makes the whole book. Um, so I highly recommend this. I, I, it's a series. I have not read past book one yet, but I, I'm going to. So this first book is called Trouble in Mudbug, Ghost in Law, number one, by Jenna DeLeon. Um, my next book is called The Vine Witch, and it is by... Luann G. Smith, and it is the Vine Witch number one. Um, This one is a little difficult to explain. Um, When we come into the book, we are in a pond with a toad who is thinking like a human, and it turns out it is because this girl has been cursed into being a toad for the last seven years, Um, but she has she finally manages to break her curse. Um, she was a little girl that grew up on a vineyard in in France. Um, I'm not gonna try to pronounce where because I don't speak French. Um, but in this time, pretty much all vineyards have what they call a vine witch because they can work magic that helps the grapes grow better. Um, and when they're making the wine, they they feed their own special magic into the process, and it it makes the best vintage. Um, and that's how different vineyards become so well known. If they have a really good vine witch, they become very well known for their wine. Um, so she grew up in the in this vineyard, and. She's coming out of her curse, and she thinks that her ex-fiance had her cursed, and she makes it back to her home. Her grandmère is still living there, but she finds that she has sold the vineyard to this highfalutin lawyer from the city who pretty much refuses to believe in magic. He's all about the scientific uh, method of doing things, and so he refuses to to have a vine witch, And he's had the vineyard for the last three years and hasn't been able to make anything of it. So her goal is to not only get this guy to see that he needs a vine witch, um, but also to find out who cursed her, uh, why she's being pretty much pegged again. Um, Then there's all these blood sacrifices going on around the city that she has to find out where that's coming from. So there's a lot of twists and turns in this book. Um, but it's, it's very good. There's, it's a different kind of magic. I've never read a book this way before. It was really well done. Um, there is a tad bit of romance, but it's later in the book. Um, and it it was just a completely different way of, uh, a different reading of fantasy that I really enjoyed. And I'm, I plan on reading the next couple of books because I believe there's three books. So this is The Vine Witch, The Vine Witch number 1 by Luann G. Smith. Now this book is going to make Shannon happy. I Entered the World of Whisper Hollow by Yasmin Galinorn. And Autumn Thorns is the first book. And I loved it. Um I need to get back to this series. I'm just very sad that the rest are not in audio. But Autumn Thorns was amazing. Um the this girl is her grandparents have been killed and she has to go back to her hometown of Whisper Hollow which she ran away from at the age of 18. Um, and she is called back because the town is kind of going through some really bad times. And she is the only one that can help now because her, her grandmother was the spirit shaman for the town. But now that she has been killed, it is up to her to come back and, um, And help send spirits over to the other side. And there's some mischief going on. There's a group of people that are trying to, um, I guess, pretty much take down the spirit shamans. They don't want them there. They want to rule the the town. And it's up to her. And the, um, what, what is, I'm sorry, Shannon, what is Elia
0: called? Is
2: it a soothsayer? She
0: is. No, she's like the oh the the singer the the I I forget oh what my they gosh. call her. I can't remember what she's called. But she she sings to the dead to keep them. Yeah from she rising.
2: yeah she plays she plays her violin and and through the magic of her music, along with the magic that the spirit shaman can wield, sins spirits um over to the other side or even ones that have managed to come back through the veil back to to rest um so this this was a a great introduction to to whisper hollow i i was a little reluctant to pick up yasmin Gallinorn but she has so many different series Um, but Whisper Hollows was great. So I highly, highly recommend Autumn Thorns Whisper Hollows book one, one by Yasmin Gallinorn. My f- final book is Dead Witch Walking. The Hollows yeah. number one. Yes, by Kim Harrison. This is turning out to be another great series and I've read the first two books and I'm starting on number three. Um, Dead Witch Walking is about a witch bounty hunter named Rachel Morgan and she works for this company but she doesn't like working for them anymore because she is tired of them giving her like these meaningless jobs doing things that are way below her potential. Um, and so she decides that she's going to break her contract and she's going to leave. Though doing this pretty much is a death sentence for her. Um, but she gets a past acquaintance to, to, a uh, well, she's asked her for help, but they end up leaving together and she decides to start taking on jobs of her own and, But in the process, um, she's also kind of having to avoid the company she was working for. They are out to get her no matter what. Um, But she just is outwitting them at every turn um, to the best of her ability. And she has to rely on some friends to to get her out of sticky situations. Um, She's got a little pixie friend who I love. Jinx is awesome. Um, He has a bajillion children. (laughs) They're all funny. Um, And so I've really fallen in love with this series and I can't wait to see where it goes. So this first book is called dead witch walking and it is the hollows. Number one by Kim Harrison.
0: Ooh, so much great fantasy and normal romance and, other fantastic things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so much. All right. So that brings us to the end of our first 2020 roundup of books. Thank you to Kristen, to Amber, and to Melissa for sharing some of your top reads this year. Thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for her fantastic editing. That she mm-hmm. does for each and every episode you hear. <laughs> yes. yes, and thanks, of course, goes out to each and every one of you who joins us each week as we talk about all of the books that we love and have kind of fun doing. And some number of us will be back on
1: Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.
0: Be back next Tuesday morning with your guides to the week's new releases. And some number of us will be with you on Friday. For more greatness. Take care, everybody.
1: All right.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Awesome. And now, that was fun. (laughs) Now I can give fluids to an old, old kitty cat well
3: it's funny because jj wanted me to apologize she's like i was having such a good time and i forgot I was like, yeah well yeah <laughs> <And then> they-
0: <laughs> you forgot
3: i told her i said i told them i was gonna give you shit about this.
0: <laughs> tell her it's like a movie theater Some. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. used to say that like when She's
3: you go a, to the movies so she goes, yeah. oh man I guess I just wanted to be on the podcast <laughs> I, I
0: guess I guess yeah before I started
2: my session I went out and told George I was like you need to be quiet because he's on team talk with people he plays this zombie killing oh, yeah. game with <laughs> and he he has a very deep oh. voice and yeah. when the air conditioner isn't running his voice even though he's not talking that loud oh, yeah. it mm-hmm. travels so i was like you need to be quiet or go to the other end of the house or something
1: <laughs> go See, away house is like a yeah
0: it's
1: yeah, like I've a circle in a yeah, mobile, so, that's why it so goes that way like-
2: <laughs> mobile homes are like living in little paper houses and you can hear <laughs> everything yeah. <So. laughs> oh
0: yeah because you have, like the thinner wall i told
3: her 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 yeah. her consequence was to make up a song for the Hume. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> and
3: sing it and yeah, we'll have her sing it on Hume. and we'll have her sing it on the podcast <laughs> before we get started
0: <laughs> yes the Hume songs are very important to the podcast that's right. <laughs> all right, ladies. I'm a fluent and elderly feline. And yeah. I will speak to you all at a later yeah. date. All
2: have right, a good yeah. rest I'm of the, the week, it, guys. guys. Some
0: more talkable. You too. Bye. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad
2: you
1: liked it. Bye. 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 <laughs> Stop recording. Stop recording.